Hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to I Have, I a, have story a Strange podcast. Story Podcast. You always try to get me. I can tell. You always try to switch things <laughs> up. Like, go really super uh, fast. No, I don't. It's because I freak out. It's my anxiety, and I just don't know how to okay. do it. Um, either way, this is the podcast where two sisters, obviously sisters, obviously. <laughs> Uh, join to retell people strange and paranormal stories and experiences. Um, so my name is Lindsay I'm Rebecca and Becky, and this is our show. Yeah. Um, gosh, I wish I could remember. There was something I was watching the other day, and I got tearful about our podcast. And I was like, "We are doing something Aww. for people." <laughs> No, I felt really yeah. good about it. I think it was the show that I messaged you about. If anybody oh. has seen it, it's, um, I think it's on Showtime, but I pay through Showtime through my Prime. And it's just called, I think it's just called UFO. It is so good. It goes into so much about UFOs and aliens and everything. And just the denial and almost like the the gaslighting we do for people who come forward saying that they've seen UFOs or had alien encounters and just how awful they're mm -hmm. treated and how they don't want to come forward and then even people who want to do research like there's even um, people's careers will be ruined and thrown away if they try to research UFOs or aliens and it's just crazy how we treat people but guess what that's what I'm talking oh, about good. today sorry yeah, talking a little bit about it. There's a whole, the Pentagon has a team set up to do fucking investigations of UFOs. So why in the world are we so mean to people about it? Breaks my heart for people, man. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very societal thing, right? To like shit yeah. on somebody who said that they've seen aliens because, because I think that people don't, are afraid to admit that they exist. I think there's a lot of fear there. Mm -hmm. I really do. Because, you know, a lot of people will be like, prove it. And I'm like, there's actually a, a lot mm -hmm. of evidence. There's a lot of evidence and there's a lot of sightings. And it's just very unfortunate. Anywho, did you have any announcements? I do. It's a cute announcement. Do My it. snail laid eggs. I was so excited. I know. <laughs> Lindsay's pulling a hair Sorry. out of her mouth right now. <laughs> It's really yeah. cool. And so do uh, Yes. Do you want to explain anything about snails and how they have eggs by themselves? Yeah, snails are her and about their shells. Oh yeah, let me <laughs> just set the record straight. Snails are hermaphrodites, uh -huh. so they have both sex organs uh -huh. and they can have babies, I guess, without another snail. I actually don't know because they can impreg like one can impregnate them, the other one too. Or they can just or do it themselves. Or they can just lay eggs themselves. So maybe this is just... They're very resourceful. Yeah, they know how to survive. Except they're the slowest creature. <laughs> so very easy to kill. Um, not that oh, I want anybody yeah. to kill snails, but like... Um, so they're hermaphrodites. Um, and I guess you have to have like the perfect setting for them to lay eggs. And I've had my snail for about uh -huh. three years now, I think. And this is the first time he's laid eggs. I call him a he because he never laid eggs before. Um, uh -huh. But they're also born with their shells. I know that that seems kind of weird to, to mention, but I've had so many people, mainly my husband, like, what about their shells? Do you have to get them a shell? And, and, and you don't. Yeah. They're born with them and they grow with them. 
I think we think of them like yes. crabs because you know how crabs will get right. new shells. And I think that's just what I thought because there's also slugs. Mm-hmm. And I thought slugs were just snails that didn't have a shell in, at the moment. No, they never have a sh- they never have a shell. And they there's a yeah, difference because their shell holds all of their internal organs. So a slug doesn't need that because all of their internal organs are in their body. Oh, man. Little snails. snails. Cool. Yeah, I tried to protect snails. It's it's hard to protect them mm-hmm. when they're in Texas, at least, as we spoke about yeah. earlier. They're all over the sidewalks after it rains. And sometimes they're, I mean, they are the tiniest little babies and you can't see them, like, even if you try. It's hard. It's hard. It's a hard life. Poor little snails. Anyways, that's good news. Yeah. That's exciting. I can't wait until they Me hatch. Too. And then we'll know a little more. Are you going to keep them all? Or are you going to rehome them? Uh, so one of my friends already has claimed a snail. So I'm going to give one okay. to her. And I want to keep one. I see Janine's on here. Uh-huh. Janine, do you want a snail? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess depending on how many survive and how many there are, I'll probably just give them away. You can't release them because they're an invasive species. So you just have to really... Okay make sure the people that you're giving them to are going to take care of them. But I know my friends would do that yeah. if they want one. So, yeah. Yeah. I I don't think I want any more caged animals. Mm-hmm. I think I thought back to when we were kids and we had hamsters and mice. And I was like, I don't even know if I really took care of them that well. And I was like, I don't want to revisit yeah. it. I guess, Janine, it, it depends yeah. on what kind of snail you have. Oh, a slug? Slugs and snails, I think that they can live together, but I don't think that snails like slug trails. They don't like their slime. So, because I had slugs for a while and then I read somewhere that they don't usually like to hang out together. So, you may need. Mine is, I don't think, is a carnivore. He's a garden snail. I have um, roly polies in there with him. He doesn't eat them. Oh my God. That's so cute. Enough about my snail. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Okay. It's so interesting. It was a good announcement. Yeah, I'm very I'm yeah. good. I'm grandma. <laughs> <sighs> um, so I think that I, I guess I, do I start yeah, today? I think I do. I think it's my yeah. turn. Um, so I already spoke a little bit. Of course, I'm talking about uh, UFOs. I'm talking about an encounter. I'm talking about a little bit about a... Um, a network, a UFO network. And then I was going to talk a little more just about in general society's outlook on UFOs and alien encounters and like what's impacted it, how we got here. I mean, it's not like a full research paper. It's just thoughts that I've had, you know what I mean? Um, So I think what's really interesting is in the beginning of all of this, I absolutely was like, I'm a skeptic. And I think that I was a skeptic about UFOs and everything because of my ego. Uh Uh-huh. That's all, like, that's the best way for me to describe it is that, um, I don't even know. But after, the thing is, is that after you hear so many stories and after you see so much about it, there's no way that, that I can deny it. I can't deny anybody's story and what they've seen. And there's so many of them that are so similar that it's just, you can't deny it in my mm-hmm. opinion, right? Like there's too much evidence to just say, no, it doesn't exist. Like there has to be something. And the universe is so huge. How in the world could we think that we're the only like species or that nobody else is more advanced than the human race? 
Yeah. And I think there was a, there was a moment for me and I, I have to believe that there's other people who probably had the same upbringing and exposure as we did. But so my boyfriend pointed out to me and I never understood this. So I always thought God was just for our world. I didn't understand that, that everybody else believes who believes in God and all that, that God created everything. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? All the universes, like everything. I never understood that. But now that I do understand that, I can say even more wholeheartedly, like, do you really think that he would have just created one small world that had species on it and not any other world that had any other type of species? Like, there's no way. Why would he create all of these huge rocks just to hang out and take billions of years to like recycle and reproduce, Mm -hmm. right? So I don't know. That was just kind of my thoughts on it. It was interesting for me to learn. Oh my God, my cat. (laughs) She's laying on my book and I need my notes. (laughs) Get out of there. She's, we get in fights every day. Um, anyway, so shout out to my boyfriend for teaching me about God and what he created. (laughs) Did you understand, did you understand that people thought God created like everything and not just our world? Or is that just me? No, I think that I thought that, and maybe... I, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about religion, but but what yeah. I think maybe some people believed is that the earth was the center of the universe. Therefore, like, the most important thing. And, and, yeah. and so to me, like, I, we've had an episode about me talking about God and my thoughts about it. Um, and so <clears throat> what kind of what I think would be uh like god that we know of that created the earth or that he, people believe in maybe is the earth god you know what i okay. mean okay yeah gotcha yeah. yes i mm-hmm. know what you mean i hear what you're saying and that's what god is to them and god is to our earth yeah yeah Got it. but for the people who believe right. in it right and and i'm just spewing that like I don't know anybody else's point of view that's just my opinion about what I think other people might believe in I don't know got it well it certainly shaped the way I looked at things but then even more I was like how in the world would God just create this one planet this one rock with a species it has to be more either way I'm gonna go into my story watch that that show or the docu-series that's on Showtime just called UFO it is so good I loved it I cried while I watched it um anyways so um this story I'm bringing to you from the 1800s of a UFO sighting. Um, and so this was in Aurora, Texas. I originally picked it because it said Aurora and I was like, Becky. And then I was like, Texas, <laughs> it wasn't even in Colorado. Um, but this happened January, February, March, April, four, April 17th, uh, 1897. Okay. So sh- it's going to be a short story, but there's a lot to it. Um, so there was a UFO that crashed into a, a windmill on some land that a judge owned. Um, there was about 3000 people who lived in the city of Aurora at the time. Um, when they went to the wreckage to check it out, it had broken the windmill, knocked it down and it was next to his well that was on his land. Um, they looked inside and it was just him who saw it at first. Um, and what he found was, uh, 
some type of being that he said was out of this world and it was dead. And so, um, that being was actually buried in Aurora, Texas in their cemetery and they put a marker for it and the marker recalled the event and allegedly had like a little UFO on it. And that was it. Um, so that's where they buried it. And when, where they buried this being, they also put some of its ship in there with it. Um, and then the rest of the ship, this judge needed to get rid of, it was right by the well. And so he allegedly just dumped it down in his well, um, and cleaned it up. That was it. The next day it was reported in the newspaper what had happened and that this judge had found all of this stuff, um, the wreckage and the individual, whatever it was. Um, so then, um, later in 1945, he sold his land and the person who bought the land was kind of interested in the story. So they went to the well and they did pull up a ton of wreckage from the well. They wanted to be able to use the water. And so they got rid of the wreckage. Um, but what they said is years later, this person got really, really, really bad arthritis and he blamed it on what was in the well. Um, so he sealed up the well so nobody could ever use it again. Um, so fast forward People start poking holes in the story. People start saying that the story was just created because this was a dying town. There was a railroad that passed through it. And they just were under the impression that they were trying to get um, people to come there. Kind of like the whole Roswell, Mexico mm -hmm. thing. What happened was there was a crash. Um, there was a being that was found. And then all of the sudden, people poke holes in it. It wasn't true. It didn't happen. They just wanted um, people to come through the town to make mm -hmm. money, right? So that's what happened in Aurora, but this was in the early 1800s. I mean, sorry, the, the, the late 1800s. So there's a big time gap there, but it's the same story. It's the same thing that happened, right? right? Which I think is interesting, right? Like, ah, <laughs> we keep repeating the same thing over and over again with people. But there were, so, so years later, people start investigating this again. And um, they discovered that there were actually two other witnesses to the crash. At the time, it was a 15-year-old girl and a 10-year-old boy. The 15-year-old girl saw it happen and went on site with the judge and saw the dead wow. being. The 10-year-old boy was on his farm, but he saw the UFO flying, and he saw it crash, and he wanted to go see it, but his dad wouldn't let him, and he made him keep working um, on the farmland. So whenever he did finish working for the day, he was able to make it over, and he saw the wreckage, but he didn't see the being. So there were two witnesses who came forward years later, like in the 1990s or something like that, and talked about Wait what they had second. seen. Wait, um, in the 1990s yes. they came forward? And this was in the late 1800s? I'm sorry. It was probably in the 80s or the 70s. Wait a second. Oh, when <laughs> they came Thank you for picking forward. up on that. And said that they saw oh, something. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Or it may have been that whenever they were doing the investigation, they didn't actually speak to them, but it was discovered that they found the other uh, witnesses. Maybe when they were looking through paperwork or whatever it was. And I didn't write down the date, but I thought it was when the investigation they opened okay. in the 90s. So this has been reopened several times for investigation in the 80s and the 90s and the oh. 2000s and as late as like 2018, wow. I think. Um, and it's considered to be a true story. It's gone through evolutions of people not believing it, people making fun of them. And now we're back at, we really think it happened. So next I'm going to talk about this, um, network. You've probably heard of it. I'm not sure if you have the mutual UFO Mufon? network. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, it's yeah. Mufon. <laughs> Um, so this was founded in the in um, 1969, mm-hmm. um, and it's the oldest and largest UFO organization in the world. Um, and let's see, it's the only like researchers of UFO that's that of UFOs that are fully staffed all the time. Um, they have a board of directors. They have an annual symposium that the public is allowed to come to, mm-hmm. to learn. Um, they have field investigator training, which I think is a really cool. They have a rapid response team to sightings that'll go out and do investigations. Um, and then they have uh, a subscription email so you can get emails from them if you would like. <laughs> um, um, so with MUFON, they've done a lot of investigations and this is one of the investigations that they've done. And this is one of the stories that they have as one of the most popular stories that they've investigated. And so MUFON got involved and they went, um, to both places. They went to the land where the UFO crash happened. And then they also went to the cemetery to check out where this being was allegedly buried with parts of the UFO. And so, um, when they got to where the, the person was buried or the thing was buried, Um, they took pictures through the soil however that's done like sonograph I don't know but they did it that way through the soil and they also used a metal detector and they sensed metal underground they got images of underground and the the marking that they were the headstone marker that they were able to find uh, was in the section around the 1800s um, and they guessed that this was it because it looked like it had a picture of a UFO on it but the headstone was pretty beaten up and it was kind of difficult to tell. So they asked for permission to exhume whatever was buried there and the cemetery would not grant it to them. And so um, they went to where the land was, where the UFO crashed. Um, They tested the water. They found a a lot of aluminum in the water and that was about it. Um, And that's where the, in the well, where the, the original, um, you know, pieces of the UFO had been thrown down um, to kind of be forgotten about. Um, And so they weren't able to really find much more um, because they weren't allowed to exhume anything. But they went back to the cemetery later to take additional images, um, and the metal detector wasn't picking anything up. And so what they think happened is that somebody went behind them and exhumed everything out of fear as to what people would find. Um, So that... That docu-series that I talked about called UFO, it also talks about how, I think it was in Roswell, it may have been another crash, I can't remember, they talk about several incidents where there was a being that did survive, it was considered like out of this world, and it lived its life on Earth until it died. And it was named, it had a name, it had a house and everything, but nobody knew that it was an alien. It was like Skinny Bob or something? Yeah, it was something yeah. different. Um, and I tried to find that story and I couldn't find it. Is that with Roswell? I think so. Okay. So, um, so then I, you know, I just start thinking about everything. We, we have this MUFON, which I think people scoff at and make fun of, which they've done a, an amazing job. They're the, one of the only UFO research teams that has like a, this huge computerized database of all these um, sightings and they have over a hundred thousand sightings, right? There's so many, and they include this one from the 1800s. There is always a ton of UFO sightings associated with wars as well. I've talked about that before. There's a ton, there's even paintings of UFOs during the civil war that were Hmm. sighted. 
So it's just crazy how common it is and how much we don't like it and how much we reject it. So one thing that made me start thinking about that too is with all of the all of the information that's being released from our um, intelligence, from our um, army intelligence about all the UFO sightings that they've had. And so why are we still treating people this way? Why are we still rejecting their stories and telling them they're crazy and there's something wrong with them whenever we have over 100,000 sightings that one group follows? They have a whole investigative team. We have um, Now we have college professors who are studying it, and it's becoming more regularly studied and maybe a little more accepted. And then the Pentagon had a fucking team <laughs> for it. So what are we doing? They've released reports on it. And, and you'll see different headings whenever you try to research what that report had in it and what was released. And it really just depends on how you interpret things. Some people will say the report revealed there was absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. There's nothing. But then there's other reports that the, the, you know, the, the title will have with it that there, they did confirm that there was evidence of, of UFOs. And which I read some of it. I read the, I need to read the whole thing and I will, but I read like the summary. Um, and I think that they think that there's UFOs and I think they think there's other life forms that are visiting us. Um, and they, they have to categorize it differently and they can't say, yes, this is exactly what it is, but they can say, we have enough evidence to suggest that. Um, and this, one of the statements that they had is that the safety and flight risk that what they have found is that there is safety and flight risk to the U S national security based on all of these flying objects that have been witnessed. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mike has added in their UAP for the, for the unidentified aerial phenomena, I think is what the government calls yeah, it. Yeah, because Janine um, <laughs> wrote in here, she made a comment, do you think a large oh. number of UFO sightings and counters may not exclusively be extraterrestrial government military organizations all over the globe are testing shit? Absolutely. Anything can be, and anything yeah. can be a UFO if you can't identify it, right? Yeah, and the government even says that, and they started using the term UAP mm-hmm. because UFO is so tainted, yeah. and people don't want to be associated. My cat keeps trying to, and she only does this when I'm here, and she tries to get the blinds, <laughs> and it kills. Stop it. <laughs> it makes me so mad. She does it just to get my attention. Mm-hmm. And she could just sit in my lap. Get over here and stop it. I am busy. Yeah, I think that there's there's a lot of stuff that we don't know about our own planet. And that, that could be military Come or government here. operations as well. You know, we, we've yeah. had this whole sector of, para, um, of UFO or UAP investigation from our Pentagon, from our government, that we didn't really know about until... Recently, I mean, I think that people knew a little bit here and there, but it wasn't like public knowledge like it is now. You know what I mean? Well, and I think something else that people need to know is that um, that research that they released, they only released the research to 144 sightings. Mm. That's all they released. And it was from a time frame, I think, of 2004 to 2021. That's nothing. 
That is nothing for all the sightings. And we also have to consider what they determined met a threshold for them to be able to look at something, right? So if just one person saw a disc and there was no other evidence, they're like, we can't investigate that. That's out. It doesn't mean it wasn't seen and it didn't happen. It just means it wasn't a part of their research. Mm -hmm. So there's a ton that they didn't research or include in their study. So that's one thing for people to think about as well. But also a part of their study, they have to categorize everything. And they had to categorize it by saying, well, that could have been ice in the air, you know, whatever the fuck. That could have been military equipment. And so they do admit that in in the way that they categorize some of the findings, but they also admit that they think some of it is um, out of our world. It's no, no, no ways to hear. Um, So anyways, I think that that's, that's what I'm getting at. That's just... That's all I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> gave the gave the UFO story. Talk a little bit about MUFON. Yeah. Um, and then about our government. You know, oh gosh, I was going to add one more thing, but I can't remember. And now my cat is getting, oh, she's getting the blinds again. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> this is good for, anyways, for, for live show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I guess that's the other part that I was also going to mention is the, the, the research conducted by our government was done by the director of national intelligence. Um, and they also reported that those sightings that they saw that they really counted as sightings that we couldn't explain what it was. And maybe it's really out Mm -hmm. of this world. It was cited in multiple ways. So it wasn't just eyewitness. It was also seen through radar or it was seen through weaponry or, you know, a scope or whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. And so a lot of them were confirmed through several different methods, not just from the naked eye. Um, And so I don't know. And, And then with the research of the 144 cases that they chose to report on to tell the public about, um, 80 out of those 144 were seen multiple different ways. So that's it. And the majority of it was seen by our military and our Navy. So our Navy sees a lot out on the ocean is where they're seeing the majority (laughs) of their sightings. God, she's awful right now. (laughs) I even gave her a snack Mm -hmm. before we started. I'm out of breath trying to get this cat. (laughs) Anyways, they also keep in mind there's 4,400 planets orbiting other stars that are close enough to other stars that they could have water on them. 4,400 other planets. Um, There's 300 million planets in the Milky Way. You guys. You guys. We are not (laughs) alone. And on top of that, Rebecca thinks that I'm being visited by aliens at night. And that's all I've got. I mean. I took up almost the whole show. I am so sorry. It's almost, I mean, 35 minutes in. I have it that it's 26 minutes. Oh, okay, good. Is there anything you wanted to add? (laughs) I think that you got it all. Like, I think that all of that stuff is things to think about about our planet about all the other planets that are out there that are undiscovered it's all you know it is also about our human ego it's really hard for us to wrap around wrap our heads around something that we have um we have hollywoodized or like stylized 
alien encounters, UFOs, and and that kind of stuff. Like it's you know. So our thoughts on what UFOs are and what alien encounters are, I think that we can base a lot of that stuff like off of movies or whatever. And for the most part, it's like silly stuff, and it or it's mm-hmm. dangerous or it's it's scary. Yeah. And for some people, these experiences can be really scary. Um, and so I think that's also why people have a hard time believing it because. It's a Hollywood notion, and it's just, like, this is going to get into a little bit of conspiracy theory here. Yeah. But, like, from Jim Carrey's point of view, stuff and information is put out all the time through Hollywood. And we we uh-huh. watch it, and, and we can say, somebody came up with this with their, in their own head, so it's not real. So why should I believe that there are UFOs or aliens out there or other life or magic or whatever? You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And that's the thing is that we're, you know, I talked about this today with my friends is, is that we're, um, we are, we have the information that we have and however we, we feel to, to use that is how we're going to view the world. So if we're going to view the world as UFO sightings and extraterrestrial extraterrestrials, gosh, aren't real and that they're scary, then they are going to be that way to uh-huh. us. Right. So. Because it's almost like manifesting. Oh my God, it. I said the same thing today. <laughs> it's true. I really? did. That's Brian, funny. back me up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's all, um, it's very interesting yeah. and it's a lot, I feel like for myself, it took a lot of work for me to get here, unfortunately. And it's, it's just a, a bunch of variables. It's how you're raised, you know, all that stuff. It's work you have to do on yourself, but I feel like I've done so much work on my ego that I was able to come to this conclusion and better understand. And I mean, that's, well, that's even going back to, for myself is that I went from being an atheist and I've been an atheist for years to saying, you know what? I'm agnostic. I have no idea. And so I think that it just took me a different frame of mind. And I'm not saying that one way to think about it is better than the other. I'm just talking about my own personal journey and how I looked at things differently. And so I think I went from, my cat is just awful. I am so sorry. Can you hear her? She's nuts right now. Oh my. Anyways, that's it. (laughs) I'm done talking about myself. Come here. Oh my God. She came right to me as soon as I oh, did that. Come kitty. on. What are you doing? Come here. Oh. <laughs> Come on. Okay. That's all I've got. I don't know what your okay. story is. Is it related to mine? Is it related it's to not, mine at all? Not this time. Not oh, this time. That's weird. Yeah, I have a Come personal on, story. Not my not my own <gasps> personal story, but somebody's story. Oh. And they're talking about this experience they had a few years ago where they went over to their friend's house. And we're going to call this friend Shane for the safety of, of their identity. Okay. And they lived in this... So Shane lived in this house that she was visiting that was recently built. He lived with two roommates, a man and a woman. And um, okay. 
And it was just the two of them at this house at this time. So Shane and Shane's friend. And Shane's friend is one telling the story. Okay. Um, okay. So she went over there and um, they talked for a little bit. And then she went over there to purchase. She says ganj. I am assuming that means pot. That okay, means thank pot. You. And she was talking about how much she wanted and how much they were going to pay. And so he like got out his little scale and he was weighing it. And so the so like they're just quiet. He's just getting shit ready. He's doing his thing. Um, maybe we shouldn't talk about this one to your students, JB Vamp. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and so they were just trying to prepare the product. She said there wasn't any, there was not a television on, the radio wasn't on, it was just two, and it was just quiet for a little bit. Then she hears this little girl's voice in a sing-song manner clearly say, Shane, Shane. I'm just going to assume that's how it sounded like. And she looks up at her friend, and she doesn't say anything, and she was just confused at first because she was like, I thought we were alone. And... Maybe the female roommate is here, but then she's like, but I know that she's not here. And, um, and no, no one in the house has children either. And so her hmm. rational mind could not explain where this child's voice had come from. And so she just looked at her friend and she just waited for him to like say something. And he didn't, he didn't move. He just kept on doing his work. Um, and then as if he hadn't heard anything at all. And so this kind of confused her even more. And so she just waited for a moment to see if he would respond to that voice. And then she was like, hey, someone is calling for you. And he looked up and he goes, so you heard that too? And she was like, yeah. And that, that bothered her. She got really spooked because she didn't know what that meant. You, you, I heard that too? What the heck? And um, she didn't know what that meant. And so she asked what he meant, and he said that he heard a little girl's voice call out his name twice. And she said, yeah, that's exactly what I heard, too. And then Shane went in to say that he hears this girl's voice all the time, and no one, no one else ever hears it. And so he thought he was just going crazy, and that... Um, she just kind of confirmed to him that he wasn't, that there was an actual voice calling out his name. So she said that after that happened, she just cut her shit, she paid for it, and then she left. And she said that was the most, like, paranormal, paranormal experience that she had ever had. Poor Shane uh -huh. probably is still dealing with this to this day. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah, but I I really appreciate that she brought up the fact that the house is brand new. You know, is just mm -hmm. recently built, um, and so I think that what we associate hauntings with or with ghosts with is attachments, and so I think that the first thing that we think of is a haunted house, an old house where mm -hmm. somebody died, where some kind of trauma was. Um, where somebody is trapped or something like that. And it's hard to say that right now because nobody else lived in this house. It was brand new. Um, yeah. So that kind of helps explain that 
it doesn't necessarily have to be an attachment to something. It can be, but it could also be an attachment to a person. In this particular case, mm -hmm. they know Shane's name and they're trying to get his attention. Um, one thing I did want to touch on too is about um, the child's voice. And I know that like Hollywood has done this again where children are creepy. And to me, children aren't scary. Children aren't, like, yeah. children aren't, are not terrifying things. They are, you know, depending on which child you know, and if they're not yours and it is from a distance, <laughs> and it's my mentality that I have about children, is that they are just, they're just these pure energetic beings that aren't out to try mm -hmm. to hurt anybody or to try to scare anybody unless they are black-eyed children black-eyed kids yeah but um and i don't mean kids with black eyes i mean black-eyed <laughs> kids the creepy ones we mean something supernatural we're not talking about kids that have black no. eyes yeah so um i don't know where i was going with that but yeah i just kind of feel like this thing it's trying to get Shane's attention maybe this child feels comfortable with Shane um and mm -hmm. uh just wants to get their attention I'm not so sure about that kids are pretty scary <laughs> yeah well that's what I'm saying like <laughs> my own like personal point of view and I don't have children and the only kids I know are the ones that live next door to me who I don't really have a problem with so everybody's experience is different well, and I I think that you hit a good point about how Hollywood has created a lot for us. And we all have kind of like the Hollywood yeah. eyes, mm -hmm. right? And which Jim Carrey, I always really loved and respected. There's a few things that he's done that I'm like, damn, don't meet your heroes and really don't learn a lot about people. Because <laughs> if you like somebody for something and then you look more into them, you end up being disappointed. And I don't know how to feel about that. Mm. I don't. I've been having a lot of conversations about how to feel about there's something great. Like maybe someone's a great writer, but in their personal life, they do bad things to people. And it's like, what do you do? Do you read their books or not? Like who, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like it's kind of that mm -hmm. dilemma, but I think I'm out of the cancel culture thing. But anyways, so children. what were we talking about? Oh, children and the Hollywood, Hollywoodization. Is that a it word? Is I don't know, but it is now. Kids are not inherently evil. They aren't. And if, if kids do bad things or mean things, they're taught to do bad things or mean things. Yes. Right. And I, I mean, if it is weird and it is odd how Hollywood has done that with kids and made them scary and evil whenever they're mm -hmm. ghosts. And a lot of times they'll also portray it as the kid being evil or awful. And then at the end, Oh, it's just cause they need to be set free. Now that it's a sweet little girl now, and she's not trying to claw your eyeballs out. And I don't think that's how it typically works. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a lost soul. It's a sad mm -hmm. thing. It's someone trapped who wants to leave. And if it's a child, they're truly yeah. lost. I mean, anybody can be truly lost, but imagine a kid yeah. being stuck in, in another dimension and they're trying to leave it and they can't. Like, that's sad. I mean, the other side of that, too, is because I do feel like we have to cover more than one side on this, too, is that it could be a voice mimicking the, the voice of a child as well. But we just don't know. Yeah. And it really, wa it really depends on what the experience or, you know, how they feel and what they want to how far they want to they want to go with this open line of communication and 
And that's completely up to whoever wants to do it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, But one thing I would say, which I think that we say a lot, is to um, protect yourself. You and mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean that you're going to hurt anybody else. It just means that you're going to protect your own energy from from anything happening to it. So, <clears throat> a couple of things that you can do to protect yourself. I think we've talked about crystals and um, uh, grounding stones and stuff like that. And I think uh, black tourmaline is good for for protection. Clear quartz. I think amethyst is, or basically anything that you. Ha- Anything that you have that um, that makes you feel protected. So there's lists. There's lots of lists. There's lots of information that you can find on the internet about protecting protection stones. But if you feel drawn to one and you say, I think that this one is protecting my energy, then use that one. Um, so that that is one outlet that you can do. Another one is just to bubble up your energy. Just imagine something protecting you. Use your words, say, you know, any thoughts, emotions, or um, energies that do not belong to me must leave my space now. You can zip up your energy. I've started doing this now where you start at your toes, you grab an imaginary zipper, and then you zip up just like this, and that protects Mm -hmm. your your energy. Um, And then stuff like doing a smoke clearing with the windows open, asking negative energy to leave. It's not anything that you're doing to hurt any other spirit or energy. It's just protection for yourself. Right? Yeah, and it's whatever works for you, too. What works for some people may not work for other Mm -hmm. people. What do you do, Lindsay, for protection Um, or for protecting your energy? um, I do smoke clearing Mm -hmm. a lot, and I'm going to start making um, smudge spray, actually. Cool. Yeah, That's nice. I just I'm going to get the stuff for it. Yeah, but it'll be a spray that I'll mist instead of having to do the smoke because I think I've even told you that I hate the way that the smoke sticks, the, the sage yeah. smells. Um, and so I was going to do this smudge spray that I'm going to start making with charged moonlight charged mm-hmm. water. Cool. And then I'm going to charge it. I think I'm going to charge it. I think I decided with quartz, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. I love quartz. Either way. Um, Janine says, I use elbows and not smiling for protection. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's a very <laughs> that's physical cute. way to protect yourself. Meh. Meh. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll do self-talk. I'll use, you know, rocks or I'll use, um, what's it called? Like meditation, mm-hmm. those types of things instead. But like I said, it's whatever works for you. Whenever I was, whenever, now I'm interested in Reiki and everything. I actually reached out to my friend who's, I think he's a licensed therapist or he's working on his license. And I was like, Hey, what do you know about, or what do you think about Reiki? And he said, it's too much to type. And then he was like, I told him, I was like, Oh, I'm interested in it because I think it works for me or whatever. And he said that, well, he was like, that's all I was going to say. He was like, there's no one should really have a view on it. It's if it works for you, do it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Whatever a therapist thinks about it, it doesn't matter what they think about it. If it works for you and it's healthy for you, then do it. And there's also the the notion that, like, you only allow people to disturb your energy. Like, nobody else can fuck with your energy unless you allow it. So there's that mentality, mm-hmm. too. I think that takes a lot yeah. of inner work and a lot of detachment from a situation. And you can use that in any aspect of your life. 
but mm-hmm. um, you can also use it as energetic um, boundaries as well. Another way, and this mm-hmm. is um, something that I've learned recently, is to have unconditional love for, for everybody. That takes a lot of work, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and treating everybody like a yes. human. And seeing where they're coming from in, in that regard, yeah, that takes and a lot of work. Allowing them to, That's yeah, really and just hard. allowing them to be themselves and not judge them for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really hard mm-hmm. whenever we have these... Um, we put up our own walls and we set our own boundaries about what we view as acceptable and not acceptable. And yeah, so protection is a good yeah. thing um, to uh, to start with. Um, I also wanted to just touch on hearing voices for a little bit because you brought up a really mm-hmm. good point um, a couple of episodes about hearing voices and that how everybody does Mm -hmm. this is definitely more of an audible thing and two people in the room heard it and why other people Mm -hmm. didn't in the room hear it we don't know but maybe it's also like this voice or this entity was like i'm okay with you hearing this too so maybe they allowed their energy Mm -hmm. to to go through to more than one person to and maybe that was a way of communication too, to be like clarifying or um, confirming that there was something trying to get their attention. Yeah. Yeah. So hearing voices, a lot of people hear voices. We even audible voices, voices that aren't that nobody else hears, and sometimes it can happen, mm-hmm. and sometimes um, it continues to happen. I feel like you know more about this than I do. Well, I just experienced it a lot as a kid mm-hmm. and it, well into adulthood. I haven't heard voices for a really long time, but I know that the majority of the time that I heard voices is when I wasn't doing yeah. well. And that's I and uh, this is just what it is. I would usually hear mom calling mm-hmm. me to go to another room and um when I was younger and I'd always go to the other room and say, what do you need? And she'd be like, I didn't call you. That happened to me constantly. Even as an adult, I would hear mom call me and I would know it wasn't yeah, mom. That's weird. <laughs> Cause I was, in, I was in my own house, yeah. you know, an adult at that time married at that time. Yeah. Um, but it's been a long time since I've heard a voice, but like I said, I think that it was usually whenever I wasn't doing very mm-hmm. well, I was going to see if I could find the, all the other information that I'd, I'd written down about the hearing voices. But I mean, it, Essentially, to me, it's the same thing as people who have maybe more experiences with with spirits or other things in that whenever you're going through a negative time or you have negative energy, sometimes spirits are attracted to that and that's when they can break Mm -hmm. through. And so you may be more prone to hearing those types of things if you're going through a rough time or you're depressed or maybe if you're just more open to those things, you'll hear it more. And it's it's up to you, the experiencer, how how far you want to take that relationship or if you don't want the relationship at all. Um, One thing that I learned recently, which I thought was kind of cool, is that um, that is a clairsense. So that's called clairaudience, which means that you can hear things. And there's two two specific ways that that you can hear things. And it's like a psychic kind of gift. Um, So... Clear audience can be you can physically hear with like your ears somebody saying something okay. or a sound that it doesn't even have to be a person's voice it could be just a sound that's there that only that you hear um, and then there is 
uh, your inner ear or like a voice in your head. And we all have voices in our heads. And sometimes they're ours. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they sound like people that we respect. Sometimes it sounds like people that we're afraid of. Um, Those voices we Mm -hmm. hear in the front of our head. Those are our, that is our um, subconscious mind um, or sometimes our conscious mind thinking in somebody else's voice. So whenever I (laughs) think of something that I want to say that I've heard somebody else say, I'll Mm -hmm. hear it in their voice. And I'm, I guess I'm kind Mm -hmm. of. I don't know. I guess I'm kind of good that I can I can actually change up voices in my head to sound the, w- the way that I want them to. If you hear a voice and it comes from the back of your head, that's not in your head. That's something else trying to get your attention. And that's where you can get like voices from um, your higher self, from guides, from angels, to whatever you subscribe to, to different type of energies. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear that in the back of your head. Have you had a voice in the back of your head? That you didn't know where that me. came from? Like you're yeah. asking me? I have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have. I did. Especially when I was younger. It was in it was in the house that we mm-hmm. grew up in that I heard a lot of voices. Is that where you heard um, them? I hear them now. Like I, I just hear them. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't hear a lot of voices now, but um, I have heard in the past or just recently like voices come from right back in here instead of up in here so pay attention to that it's not scary yeah it's just a message it's just words and it it's for for me and for everybody else you can take this if you have a voice that causes you fear or anxiety that is not a good message for you that's not that's your ego telling you to protect yourself somehow so if that's like Mm -hmm. that's where all that comes from so if you're going to get a message and it's going to be from good energy you're going to hear it at the back of your head and it's not going to be scary or fearful or dangerous and i think what i remember i found some notes from about hearing voices and it what i found is that it's very common Mm -hmm. Um, and it, I think, um, up to 75% of people will have at least one experience in their lifetime of hearing a voice when no one else is yeah. around. I mean, that's really high yeah. and you have to ask yourself like, why, yeah. <laughs> why do we hear voices when nothing else in, is there? And it happens to the majority of us. Um, and then I, I jotted down the different reasons why somebody may hear, you know, different explanations. And I think that you've spoken to a few of the few of them. It can be a spiritual mm-hmm. gift. It can be disassociation, um, a spiritual experience. It can be a paranormal experience, emotional um, experience, something you're going through, um, a cognitive area, um, error or something like that. So there's always all different reasons. And so sometimes I would think if maybe, maybe a person just had one experience in their life, they may be like, uh, and maybe not as convinced. I mean, I've always heard voices, um, at different times in my life, like just growing up, I mean, different ages, I used to hear different things. Um, and then uh, some of the other things that you can do also, you talked a little bit about protecting yourself, but you have the, you have the choice to ignore it. You have the choice to ask it what it wants. Um, you can ask it to leave. You can use sage, those types of things. Like you already said, white candles, white roses, salt, stuff like that. Um, I think that's all I have for my notes on it. Can you hear my dog crying? lucky 
my animals have just been awful today. I'll tell you what, since COVID and since we all have had to stay home, it has impacted my animals positively and negatively because they have become more attached, Mm -hmm. which is great. We've all grown closer, but it's even more difficult for them when I'm not around. Does that make sense? Yeah, because I'm home all day long and I'm pretty sure my dog is developing some separation anxiety because being Mm -hmm. in the same house in different rooms is hard for him. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really sad. He's crying outside the door right now. My cat is staring at the door after she's been awful all day. (laughs) (sighs) Oh. Anyways, well, we had some fun stories there. To recap, we talked about UFOs. Talked about. And voices. Uh, yeah, a disembodied voice. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that was fun. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. Well, anywho. Thanks. Yeah. Um, thanks for joining us today, yeah, everybody. Yeah, since it was so late notice. It was yeah. late notice. Um, I've been, it's back to the, for me, it's busy again. I'm working a crazy schedule. 62 hours last week, I said. I can barely work out. It's awful. It's, yeah. oh, it'll calm down. And once it calms down, then we'll get more regular. It's all my fault, everyone. It's, it's my your, fault. No, it's I'm not so your sorry. Fault. Like, you can't, like, do anything about it. It's your job. Yeah, yeah it's, it's awful. Um, yeah. Anyways, if you have stories that you would like for us to share, um, paranormal, strange, weird, whatever it may be, we're happy to share them. Um, and you can send them to us at I have a strange story podcast at gmail.com or any of our other social media, um, accounts, profiles, (laughs) accounts. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) subscribe, rate and review us. And if you give us a review, please give us a nice review. Take a snapshot of it and send it to our email email address with your physical mailing address. And we will mail you some stickers. If you just want some stickers, reach out to us and we'll be happy to mail them to you as well mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. doing a review. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we've got plenty. We got a lot. I ordered 500. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay has half. I have the other half. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and I guess that's it. Thanks for coming Mm -hmm. again. I guess until next time. Bye. Gonna stop recording.